Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. Welcome, 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 everybody. You are listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. This is your host, Dapper Data, as usual. And I have a special, special guest on the podcast today. His name is Mike Audi. And uh, this this person right here, you know, he is the brains behind an app called the Tiki app. Okay. And we talk about the value of data, right? The value of data is so important, right? It's so important to me in my eyes that somebody finally came out with something, right? An app, right? And I, I think there's a few of them out there, but this one is is, is unique as uh, Mike will be able to talk about it. But somebody came out with an app where they say, hey, look, it's about the user. Okay, this is about the user and it's about making money for them, right? It's not about them, it's not about the app, right? It's about the, the, the user. And so I thought it was pretty cool. You know, we've had a lot of conversations about things uh, going going forward you know, but I but I really wanted to bring in Mike because I felt like he was a an expert, right? He's the brains behind this app. He does the coding, right? He's he's he just told me that he's locked in the house. He doesn't even know what daylight is, right? <laughs> you know, anymore. Uh, but this person, right? You think about it. Uh, he he's forming sort of a data company or a data app, right? Who is willing to earn money for the user, right? Not from the user, not taking from the user. And so I wanted to bring this expert on because he has some great ideas, some great things going on with this app. He has a team of people out here and they're really making a lot of movement in the data world, okay? And as you know, I talk a lot about AI, I talk about the value of data, but this is another aspect right here that involves data that everybody needs to hear. Every end user needs to hear, especially, right? Even if you're not a data scientist, it doesn't matter who you are, right? You have data, you own it, right? Data is being collected from you every single day (laughs) <laughs> and you don't even know about it, or you do, and you don't care. But uh, but without further ado, I want to introduce you all to Mike. Say what's up, Mike. Hi, everybody. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, Mike, tell them a little bit about yourself, you know, tell them about your background, you know, where you're from, and, and you know, what you got going on. Yeah, so uh, I'm Mike. I'm the founder and CEO of Tiki, and uh, we're on a mission to give users back control of their data. Um, it's it comes out of a very simple idea that previous to now, companies and governments have made decisions about how users and their data should be handled. And we just think users deserve a say in what goes on with our data, right? Like we should know what's collected on us. We should be able to have a say in how it's used. And when it's sold, we deserve to get a cut of it, right? Like if somebody yeah. sold your car and you didn't get paid for it, like you'd be really confused. <laughs> so like why why does data exist in this weird world where companies can just take it and do what they want with it and you're left on your own wondering what happened? Uh, wake it up one morning and 30 million users in from Facebook profiles are just leaked on the internet and you're like, what what happened here, right? Right, right. Um, so, that's that's what we're trying to do. Um, my background is specifically in data. Uh, I spent about 10 years building all sorts of different data-driven systems from algorithms for Mars rovers um, with NASA to building a lot of AI and machine learning systems driven by billions of IoT data points to build post-sales customer relationships and touch points for users, right? Like my background is what do you do when you have billions of data points and how do you turn that into a positive interaction for a person? Um, so yeah, that's that's me. Come out of the engineering side. We put together a team of non-engineers because this is a very user-focused problem. Um, and it's all about, we set out day one building something for users, right? Like it's the very unique way of creating a company, but uh, we it's just, this is a user problem. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's awesome. You know, and I think, uh, it's it's crazy because I have I've really I've really never really I've I've never thought about this as being something I could uh, make money off of right you know as much as I am in data science right now right I still <laughs> get past a problem like that and uh, it's a problem that every single person in the world 
is probably going through, right? To the point where I'm thinking, man, you know, there's data out there that are that's being collected about uh, infants, right? <laughs> Why can't they get paid? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, you know, it's that crazy, you know, and I, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Now, I know you talked about some of the background that you have, AI, ML, you know, uh, being able to deal with several data sets, IoT, right? Internet of Things for a lot of the people that um, are, are, are on the podcast that are not uh, too tech savvy. Uh, but when you think about that, you got the sensors, you got all these different things, right? Uh, nobody's really, uh, that. Uh, how do you make that connection to what you're doing now, right? What made you say, man, you know what? I need to work on this, right? You know, screw everything else I'm doing, right? I'm doing all this cool stuff, right? Because that, everything you said, you know, if, if you're really techie, if you're really geeky, if you're geeking out, yeah. you probably just got, it blew your mind, right? He was excited about that, like me. But if you if you could kind of walk through what made you say, man, this is a problem I want to solve instead of everything I was doing on that. Yeah. Um, when you're trying to solve a problem for users, the most important thing is do users care about it? Um, <laughs> so I've been worried about my data and users' data and all of this for close to a, probably about a decade, maybe even wow. longer. Um, it's, but outside of the world of engineers who work on data specifically. And it's a, you know, it started as a very small group of us and it's grown over the years, but it still was reasonably small until recently. You couldn't solve a problem for users without users caring about it. And honestly, just most people didn't care. Um, you know, the general, the general feeling was, eh, you know, so what if they have my data? Um, yeah. It's very hard to build any kind of solution if your user base is ambivalent towards yeah. what you're trying to do. Um, and the tide started turning, you know, uh, a couple of years ago and it started to build momentum. And I just felt we finally had the opportunity to do something about it where we could get enough people to care about the problem to make real change. Hmm. Um, the only way to move a market, and we've seen this on the internet, is to get the people on the internet to care about it. And if you want to become an advocate for users, which is really what we're trying to do at Tiki. Yeah, it's a bunch of cool technology. Uh, it brings a lot of value, but it's really all about becoming an advocate for the user and their data. And to do that, you need to get a lot of people to care about it. Right. Um, if we just took your data and my data and put it together, no company's going to care. It's worth very little, right? right. No one cares. Right, we got to put all of our data together um, yeah. and all of our data together can create really amazing insights. It's really valuable. And what can be done um, is immense with that. Um, it also opens the doors to increasing privacy and security, right? He who has the data has the control, right? You're able to, you're able to bring immense value back to the user by simply putting all these people together on one platform that say, we care. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's what it's about, right? It's about um, being that advocate, right? Educating the the individual, right? We ju I just talked to you about the sales process, right? Or not necessarily the sales, but the education process, right? I like to say the education process. You know, of course, it could possibly turn into a sale, but at the end of the day, a lot of people don't know that this is a problem, right? This is a problem for them. They don't even know that they could take advantage of something like this. Right. A lot of times they're sitting there, they're just the Google's collecting all kinds of data. Right. Everybody's collecting. You're just giving it up. Right. You just say, hey, look, <laughs> I don't care. You know, it, it's cool that they can tell me where my car is. It's cool that they can tell me, you know, where, uh, you know, they, they could fill out my email for me or they could do whatever it is. Right. They're doing all these cool things. But the reason why they can do it is because they're collecting all this data. The reason why Google ads work so great is because they're collecting a lot of data from you over time, you know, so um, the education part is always very, very important. A lot of people miss that step because uh, that's how you get them alert on what the problems are, right? You have to educate them and get them ahead of that. Exactly. Um, it do Data doesn't have to be complicated, right? Like, um, <laughs> I, I'm at fault because I've done this many times, but we make things way more complicated than they need to be, especially as engineers. We're but then as a company is trying to collect data, like uh -huh. you're, there's no motivation in you making it easy. You know, right. my favorite example is 
you can turn off facial recognition tracking in Facebook. But mm -hmm. one, very few users know about that. Even mm -hmm. though there's 3 billion people on Facebook, I bet you less than 3 million know that that's even a thing. Mm -hmm. You got to dig through, you know, a dozen settings screens to find something that's confusingly named with no right. description to turn off this thing. But if you just made everybody, if you just made it aware, like everybody aware and gave everybody an easy button that said, hey, did you know you could turn off facial recognition tracking? Mm -hmm. If you do, Facebook, Facebook will stop auto-tagging your face in pictures and allow right. people to make a choice. <laughs> then they've made a choice about their data and what happens with it. But what's not cool is that they're just on by default. Every single picture that anyone uploads to Facebook is automatically stuck into facial recognition tracking technology, which yeah. is then used by like governments to spy on people. Like that is just not cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, man. There's so many... Uh, I don't know if the right word is caveats, but there's so many little fine print in there, right? You know, it's, and you sign off on it because it's too much, right? It's too much to read. Yeah. You know, I'm not reading that crap, you know? So it gets you every time because you're thinking, man, you know, why in the world, how did they, how did they find this? How did they, you know, apps even listen to, you know, what you're talking about, right? And then so next thing you know, you're on Instagram, you're on social media and you're thinking, man, how in the world did they know to give me this advertising as well? <laughs> It's embedded in the app. It's a tracking uh, code in there, you know, that's just embedded in it. You signed off of it, uh, on it uh, in, in the fine print, you know, and you don't even realize it. You know, you think it's cool and it can be right. I mean, the new generation, in my eyes, are more willing to just say, screw it, just let it go. Right. You know, you got the older generation. I know my parents, grandparents. You know, they're like, look, I don't even want to use a phone because they're tracking me. Somebody CIA, somebody is tracking me. I don't care. You know, I don't want to use it. You know, I'm not about all that new tech technology stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, one of the things we just fundamentally believe is everybody should, it should be accessible to everybody in the world to make their choice on how their data is interacted. If you want to opt into more personalized ads, which I would do because, you know, it's better than a shitty ad, uh, a relevant one. So I would happily do it, but you gotta give me a choice, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And some people would rather opt out. Like you just, you can't make assumptions based on users and then use their data for whatever business reasons you want without telling them. It's, it's just, it's not ethical, it's not right. And you know, it can be changed. It just, it needs to be made easy for people to understand. Right. So one thing that you did bring up um, that I thought was interesting was controlling your data, right? You want the user to have control over it, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, one user may say, well, why, right? Why do I care about controlling my data, right? <laughs> you know? Uh, so I don't know if you had any thoughts on why you why you believe that's important. You know, if you were to talk to an end user and say, hey, look, you know, this, this is important for you to be able to have control over your data. Maybe it's monetizing it, whatever it is, you know, but uh, so many people are just kind of free about it and honestly, it's overwhelming, right? It's so much data out there where I almost say, screw it. I, yeah. They're going to take it. I don't know. You know, I'm just going to allow it, you know. But uh, what's your thoughts on why uh, why controlling your data is important? Well, it starts with because it's yours. And it's your identity and your information. And if you don't have control over it, then you don't know what's going to happen to it. Um you know, some uh, kind of funny, kind of scary example. Um, I was talking to one our PR agent the other day, uh, Stephen, and he mentioned that he was he recently found out his credit card information was leaked through a Bonobos website and leak, and he mm. bought a shirt years ago on Bonobos and didn't know, like he had no idea that they had his credit card information just stored and all of his information. And then they got hacked and they leaked it. And okay. he didn't even know about it until he started working with us. And then he started looking into what about his data was out there. And he's like, oh my God, my credit card has been out there for years. Yeah. Been, right. So, you know, there's simple basic security of just your information. Yeah. Um, your data is also worth a lot of money. And so why are you allowing Google to make billions of dollars and you not get paid even a cent for that, right? Like there's the unfairness of it. It's worth so much money that it's not hard to wrap our heads around the fact that easily 10,000 companies would pay us $1 for our data, it, mm -hmm. right? Like 
easily, right? There's 30 million small businesses in the United yeah. States. So I bet you easily 10,000 that would give me a dollar for my data. Well, right. that's $10,000. Like that's a mm -hmm. lot of money. So right. your data is worth a lot. It's very sensitive and secure. And we're just moving into a world where data becomes more and more important to everything we do. And so if we don't do something about it now, we're going to start to get to a point where it's too late. Um, you know, as we become more intertwined with technology and more and more services become entirely data driven, right? Insurance policies are driven by your data now, right? Like everything you do is either collecting data on you or using data about you. And right. if you don't have a say in that, then you're very much at the mercy of whoever wants to make the most amount of money on you. Um, right. Which, you know, probably not how we all want to live. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, and one thing I, I want to point out is that, you know, when you look at your data, right, you look at an email address. You're like, man, who cares? Who cares about the email? Well, the raw data, right, that's being collected, maybe your email or your phone number or your name, whatever it is, is separate, or even, you know, uh, your your credit card or something, or maybe the last four, right, of your credit card, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they may say, look, it, it doesn't matter because it's only one entity, but if you take that and you combine it with another entity within you, then it can make, a, it can make some, they can make some progress there, right? Hackers do it all the time, right? You know, you think about an IP address, okay, is by itself IP address. Who cares, right? But if you combine that with a DNS name, right, the actual name, then then that becomes something that could possibly be sensitive information. And so uh, it, it may not come out that you know your first name may not be viable, but somehow maybe first name tied to some other entity is very viable, right? <laughs> you know, to a to a marketer. Yeah, and you know, for the the engineers listening. Um, Several years ago, Netflix issued a challenge to solve a issue that came out of like, they're like, we're doing a great job. We're anonymizing all our data and allowing people to interact with it. Uh -huh. um, and so they only allowed people through their API to access what they called anonymous data, which means they gave every piece of data a unique random identifier. Uh -huh. But it turns out if you take like enough unique points and put them together you can identify anybody in the world right like so like it things you would like your netflix watch history combined uh -huh. with like ip address combined mm -hmm. with like time of day and a few other things and you could find anyone in the world's location using netflix data um and it led to a whole new revolution in privacy technology called differential privacy to try and combat this this problem that like if you take enough even anonymous random pieces of data, mm -hmm. you can find a person. You can turn it into personally identifiable information. Yep, yep. And and right there, you just proved how valuable your data is and why, if you're willing to do that, right, you can give up your, your data for some type of uh, monetary you know, fund. So you, you should be able to have, you should be able to get paid for that data because uh, like, like we just talked about, you know, combining multiple entities right you know it could actually uh, mean a lot to the end user now i'm sure a lot of the people on the other side right the marketers the real estate agents we can talk about that whatever it is who's saying look i want your data they're not using it for malicious purposes but still this is how valuable it is right because now i can know okay your age if i'm able to collect your age your your uh i don't know if your name matters but your age say yeah i want to collect as a real estate agent we talked about it before yeah. i want to collect your your age, you know, when's the last time you purchased the house, you know, I don't know, those type of things. And now I can cut down on my cold call list, right? I can say, hey, look, I don't, I don't, as a real estate agent, I don't want to call people that are too old. I don't want to call them too young because they probably don't want to buy a house, right? I don't want to buy, call somebody that just purchased the house, right? Because they probably don't want to buy a house uh, anytime soon. And so if they're collecting that data, right, and combining all of those things, then great. Now they can say I can cut it down from a thousand people a day to like maybe 30 or maybe 40 or something like that and not waste their time on the rest of the people. Right. So, yeah, exactly so do, right. Do you see. Um, so, you know, when you when you develop this right, uh, when you develop this app, uh, one of the questions and just interacting with you and your team, one of the questions that came to mind was, 
how do we currently give away our data for free? Right. Mm -hmm. Some of the ideas that you've seen uh, that made you say, hey, look, you know, we need to stop this. Uh, you know, do you what are some ways that you see that we've given our way our data for free? Because, you know, if you think about our, our personal data is out there, you know, we've kind of lost control over it. But to whom? Right. Who are who's sitting there grabbing it for free? Any scenarios that you can think of? <laughs> well, the, that list is extremely long. I'll give you a few, <laughs> few of the simple ones. Um, this conversation is an example. Anything, anytime you touch anything that's connected to the internet, you're giving up some sort of data. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's. There's no way to use the internet without giving up even basic data. I mean, simple things we've all heard about, like cookies or tracking what websites you visit and where you go. And every search you type into Google is logged and tracked and identified against you, right? Every video call you make, every cell phone call you make. One of the guys on our teams is one of the early guys in the telecom industry selling telecom data back to Apple so they could figure out who they needed to like get to buy a new cell phone based on, you know, the like oh, the probability of the phone breaking. <laughs> right, based on like all qualities. So, no. like, there are what, like, everything you're doing is being tracked in some way, shape, or form, which, on it, at its face value, isn't even a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's creating better services for us as users. Absolutely. And it's a lot like, you know, the great thing you gave about the, the, the cold calling example was well, really good data would mean if you had perfect data and analytics. Nobody would ever get a phone call to buy a house in the middle of dinner anymore, right? Like you would know there'd be no more spam robocallers, right? Yeah, like only yeah. agents would only call people who needed to buy a house. Exactly. So like the, <laughs> the result of it can be great. Um, but anytime you type anything into a computer, anything you upload to the internet, every website you visit, um, all of that is being tracked by at least one, if not many parties. And then yeah. those parties are selling some sort of that data to advertisers, marketers, um, even apps that you don't know about that you're using on your phone. Mm -hmm. They frequently use what's called an SDK in the software world, right? So they use a third party library of code, put it inside their application so that way they don't have to rewrite, you know, don't reinvent the wheels, the old saying, yeah. right? Well, inside of the SDK, they're collecting data about that user and selling it to pay for the development of that SDK, which means that companies accidentally are selling data that don't even know about it, right? Like you might build, like people are building apps, putting them on the app store for free, which are collecting data they didn't know about, which is then being sold to companies they didn't know about to then run better targeted ads on Google. So right. it's like, it all stems from the, the, it stems from all of the same problem, right? Like the user got no say in any of this that happened. When we mm -hmm. when the internet came, the internet just kind of freeform evolved. Um, and as it evolved and as money became very important to how the internet runs and operates and developed, um, the users had less and less of a say and the less and less of a choice. And the better these services developed, the less important it was. And as we've evolved here now, it's just common practice anytime you do anything on the internet that it's being tracked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just you almost have to accept it, right? You know, because you can't, you cannot really. Um, it's almost like you can't control it, right? Well, that's where the app kind of helps out, you know. And yeah. You know? Right. You can't stop from being tracked per se. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you, you could, but it would make your internet experience very bad, right? Like, life, if you like, life awful, right? <laughs> what would you, like, you're not going to use Google. Like, how are you going to find the answer to anything? Like, what, like how? Like, it's just it's nearly impossible. I mean, the ISP provider who gives you internet is yeah. tracking every website you go to. So you know, you just don't want to use the internet. Like, so you got to have to get over the fact that you're going to be tracked. If you're using yeah. the internet, you are being tracked. That's not inherently bad. You just as a user deserve a say over what they can do with that information, how long they keep it, what it's used for, how it's stored. When they sell it, you should get a cut of it, right? Like just these basic tenets of you're doing something and out of which is you're using the internet and it's resulting in information about you as a person, 
not a bad thing. Um, mm -hmm. it, but it's information about you that you own. And so you deserve basic ownership rights of it. See it, control it, monetize it, right? Like just yeah. like any other thing you own, you can see what, <laughs> what you have, you decide how it's used. And if you want to sell it, you're going to get paid for it. You could give it away. You could donate it, but it's yeah. your choice, yeah. right? Like, so all we're doing is proposing that users should have a choice in, <laughs> in how their data is used. That's it. It's a, it's a, simple, it's a simple answer. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You know, so let's take a, a, a little, a quick turn, right? Uh, and, and when we talk about apps like these, right, like Tiki, uh, we, we provided the benefits of doing these type of apps, right? Or using these apps, right? Being able to monetize off of your own data. But when you think about, um, there's always the, the downside, right? You know, and some apps versus, I mean, there, there's competitiveness going on here, right? Because you have multiple apps out there in the world, but you know, uh, what are some of the disadvantages that an end user needs to be aware of, of how they can kind of protect themselves from, uh, while still making money, right? You know, some of the security features maybe in your app that kind of helps with that or just in general, right? Yeah. Um, so let's start with the first thing that uh, we found is once users see what data is actually collected on them and understand, like, like there's a difference of knowing and then actually physically seeing, like this is everything <laughs> Google has on you. <laughs> there's it's a bit of a crisis of faith of the internet <laughs> so that's the first thing that happens when you start using any app like like tiki or any of these data data driven apps they start to tell you what the hell's going on and you're like oh no i'm yeah. not opening my computer again uh so <laughs> that, that happens um very quickly and very frequently yeah um, <laughs> you know the the trick the the difficulty with data is for so long we've just kind of given it away so a lot of users jump in and they're like i want to sell all of it you know mm -hmm. i had a friend of mine be like great let me know how to sell my social security number i'm like no he was like no, i don't care give me 20 bucks <laughs> this, right? 20 bucks no 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 so <laughs> you can't take it back, right? Like that's, it's like when you sell something, there's no mm -hmm. take backsies. Like, <laughs> like you've point. sold it, it's out there. So, you know, some of the things we're doing at Tiki is we've built a distributed data model where all of your personally identifiable information stays on your phone. We don't ever put it in our cloud. We don't ever keep it in our servers. It's crazy to build a data company where we don't have any data about our users, but yeah. we don't <laughs> by design. Because, you know, the old saying is, if you don't think you've been hacked, you've been hacked. Um, so everybody gets hacked. Um, mm -hmm. So the way you can pat, you can bat about getting hacked, just be like, all right, great, hack us. We don't have any information. You can hack Tiki servers. We got no data. You yeah. can't have any data about users. Um, it's so we so privacy and security is an issue, right? Centralizing data, any of these data-driven apps, if you're not careful, they can create more security vulnerabilities than, than saving users from, right? Like imagine if you centralized all your data in one application that was in the cloud. Well, you know, if somebody hacked that one thing, they'd have all your data, right? So, you know, that's, that, yeah. could, that is an issue. Um, as well as, you know, you got to be careful what you sell and to who. One of the things we do at Tiki is all, since all of your personally identifiable information stays on your phone, what we do is, you know, traditionally you send the data to the model is the phrase, right? Which means all the data moves from users to Google, Google to agencies, agencies to someone like yourself to process, and then to the customer. And the user's data is moving all through all that equation. At Tiki, you come up with the model that you want to run and we send the model to the user's data. So the model runs on the user's phone and calculates the anonymous insight, say someone's t-shirt preference color or Whoa. favorite store or whatever. We calculate the anonymous result on someone's phone and then send the anonymous result back huh? to the buyer. That way, none of your sensitive information is ever transmitted. Um, you don't ever have to worry about where the data is going or anything. It's on your phone. It's safe and secure and anonymous. And we don't let companies buy things like social security numbers, right? Like we're trying to make it easy for users um, and safe and secure and privacy friendly. So that way 
we're trying to put some of these these guards up in place, right? Um, and so you just got to be careful. If you're using any app that's allowing you to monetize or sell your data, just be aware that you can't take it back. So be pretty be well certain what they're selling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point because, um, you know, you're using the end processing of the app, I mean, of the phone itself, you know, to process everything, do everything it needs to do. And then you're just sending it right over to who they're selling to versus you storing it in between um, where I'm pretty sure there are a lot of apps out there that are trying to do the same thing, but they're actually storing it and they're able to collect data themselves. So, you know, there's, there, that, that, that's probably a differentiator, you know, in itself, you know, depending on, depending on the company, right. You know, um, yeah. and, you know, that's, that's, that's definitely unique right there. It, you know? It's unique. It's a hard engineering problem to solve, right. Cause <laughs> Can't be you know burning through people's batteries and using right, that. It's hard to solve, right? Um, you know we had to do some crazy things like we've invented a whole new type of blockchain because no oh one's ever God. made a. We're on track to have a hundred thousand users signed up for Tiki by the end of May. Well, the largest blockchain ever known in existence had like twenty or thirty thousand nodes. Like we're gonna have a hundred thousand, and yeah. we're just getting going, right? Like our goal is to hit a million users by the end of the year, right? Uh -huh. So no one's ever tried to make a blockchain like that. Um, so to do a lot of these things, we've had to come up with very creative solutions. Um, how do you send the data? How do you process the data? How do you anonymize it? How do you build cohorts in real time? Um, we do some wacky stuff, building a, all our data stored on a graph database as opposed to traditional like tabular data. So you can see how different pieces of data relate to one another in real time as it changes over time. So you have a time series graph, which is showing you how the interconnectivity of insights about people are changing over time. So it's it, it just comes out of, you know, a, a passion of mine in terms of how how could you, if you started from scratch, build a solution that was user first, completely transparent and trusted. And it was all about the user and you just threw out all the normal conventions of how data and the internet works. And so we went decentralized. We're open sourcing 100% of our code. Everything's out there. Like we've published everything about us. Like the little bit of money we raised, the little bit of yeah. traction we've done, some of the market, everything's published because it's all about the users, right? Yeah. We, want our, we want our users to know everything they want to know about us. <laughs> no, that's awesome, you know? So I know when we talk about the users and we talk about the, I like to talk about the, the I, I kind of tie the user's data, right? And I, I tie it to the cleanliness of the data sometimes, right? The quality of it. Yeah. Um, because what happens is, you know, I, 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 as we just talked about, you know, before this, we actually were talking about the master database, right? When you have a master database, um, you know, a perfect example is somebody changes addresses from one house to another, and it was never updated in the master database. So people from the, that's in the same house, the new people that moved in, they're still getting old mail from the, other, you know, the other uh, people that the previous owners, and so. You know, how do you maintain quality within an app like Tiki, right? Because you, if you think about it, I could be updating this app with XYZ data yeah. at one point, and then the people are buying, right? They're buying this data from me. But then uh, later on, I ended up uh, changing something. Something changed in what it was before. I didn't update the app, you know. So now they're buying it, but they're buying this this old data, yeah. or are they? You know, I don't know how that process works. So it seems like you know there's a there's a there's a, it's a hard process to kind of do data sanitization, you know, throughout that process, you know, and because big uh, bad data equals bad bad decisions, right? You <laughs> know, so the people collecting this data, if you're collecting bad data, then whoever they're they, whoever they're putting sending it to, they're actually making bad decisions off of it. You know, so how how are you all maintaining the quality of the data? Yeah, so uh, it comes out of a fundamental belief that the most important data is the data about now, and the further you go back in time, the less important it is. Um, right. Is kind of how this is built. So it's built specifically to collect real time data, so data about what's going on in the world in real time. And now we keep. You have access to all the historicals, but it's it's built 
not about what happened in the past. It's built about what's going on now. So you can see what's going on now as it changes over time. Um, so the way it works is as a user, you link one of your supported accounts. Let's say your Gmail is the first integration we're supporting. You link your Gmail and you want to start selling data that Google's collecting on your Gmail. And so every day, Tiki's running in the background on your phone, collecting the data from your Gmail off of there, processing it and according to what settings you've set up on what you're comfortable selling, to who, to why, for what. It's getting published to the results are anonymized and getting published to the graph that companies are interacting with. So what's happening is that graph is dynamically changing in real time as the users are changing. So as you change something and interact with something on the internet, you go to a new website, it's updating. As you change your email address or your profile, it's changing. So the master database is changing dynamically as the users are changing in the real world, all in real time. And you can actually see how it changed from yesterday to today. Right. What changed yeah. the advertising game was one simple thing. You could run a Twitter ad and see the conversion rates in real time. Like yeah. that's what changed it all. Like Facebook, <laughs> Google ads, like it, it's not like crazy demographic. It's one simple thing. Like I ran an ad, did mm -hmm. a bunch of people click it or did they not click it? That's all <laughs> companies wanted to know forever. Right. Like and then they're like, ah, all right, well, that didn't work. Let me try this one. That one did better or that one did worse. And so it's all about seeing what you're doing in real time as it impacts data and then getting that feedback, right? It's like one big A-B test. No, that's awesome. You know, the real time aspect of things allows you to continue to have the data updated, right? That master database, because if you're yeah. linked, um, it's almost like linking to a bank account when these apps link to bank accounts sometimes and things like that, you know, when you change it, it kind of lets you know, okay, you you, you just changed something, right? Yeah. Since your app already, Let's you know something got updated because they're almost like pinging or uh, or polling or something like that to try to say, hey, look, what's the latest update every certain amount of seconds, you know, or minutes, you know, and and when they do so, if they know it's an update, okay, now it forces you to kind of update it with the latest information, and it's all good to go. But it's all real time, you know, yeah. being able to alert you that this is out of whack or something, you know. So that's awesome, you know. It's a great way to do things. Um, well. So I'm going to end the podcast, but I before I end it, I always end with some type of dope data nugget at the end of the day. And what I've learned, you know, I'm sure the audience has learned a lot from you, Mike. Uh, but what I've learned is that companies are selling their data in billions of billions and 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 uh, a day, right? You know, they're they're selling it, <laughs> they're selling it. I mean, it's probably that's probably an understatement, right? You know, because there's so many companies out there that are continuously uh, grabbing your data. Right, without you even knowing it, and they're making money off of it themselves. Right, uh, a perfect example. I'm looking at. I, I do a lot of Google ads. I do a lot of Google ads, but the more I think about it, right, how are they? How do they know who to send the ad to? Right, <laughs> after a while, it's because they have collected tons and tons of data off of the people that um, are using Google every day, and they can say, "Hey, you're a small business." your uh you make this amount or something like that you know whatever you say hey whatever you tell google ads when you tell google ads what you're looking for or who your target is they know exactly who to go to because they've been collecting data free data from these people all the time you know and so they're making billions and billions of dollars of doing that so why not why shouldn't we do that right why shouldn't we get in on the act right we should we got to get in the, in the mix you know so um, no, thank you. Was, thank you, Mike. Yeah. Oh, here. You know, is there is there anything that you want to tell the audience? Any last words? Well, for starters, your data was worth $380 billion last year. Just oh FYI to bounce <laughs> off your point of how much money they're making, right? It was $380 billion. Uh, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, if you want to take control of your data, go sign up at mytiki.com. Mm -hmm. Just M-Y-T-I-K-I -T -K -I dot com. Um, check us out, right? You can find us, join our social, you know, hundreds of people on our Discord, just mixing it up with us. Like, uh, we're completely open and transparent. Come talk to us, find out what we're doing. Um, send us your ideas. We'll, we'll build them all for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great, man. You know, I, I'm definitely a My Tiki fan, you know, or Tiki fan. I, um, I've been uh, rocking with you all ever since we, we connected, you know, and, and I think it's definitely a company that that is going to make a huge difference in the world. And I'm all about innovation and making a difference. And it seems like this is just the beginning, right? You know, the more data you're able to collect on better decisions to be able to, you know, update the app features, things like that. You you keep everything so open and transparent to everybody. 
which is awesome. And that allows you all to actually be better, right, than, than a lot of competitors because you're not really, uh, uh, you're driven by the end user, right? You're allowing them to kind of say, hey, look, you know, this is what we want, this is what we need. And you take that and you actually make a difference. You, know? you got it. Let the users drive the bus. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, so at the end of every podcast, right, I've been doing this for about the last 15, 20 podcasts at the end of them. I do something called overrated, underrated, right? Or or you can actually say, hey, it's exactly where it is. So you get the decision. I'm going to throw out about four to five to seven different things just <laughs> off the top of my head. You know, I, I have them written down okay. for the podcast, but I just throw it out there and say, look, you know, you tell me whether you think it's overrated, underrated, or exactly where it is. You can actually elaborate on it if you want to and say, hey, this is why I think this. Or you can just say, you know, that's my decision. You know, it is what <laughs> it is. Um, all right. So the first one, pizza. Underrated. Underrated? By far. I mean, like, good pizza is probably the best thing that was ever created. It's just very <laughs> difficult, right? Like, it's all about the dough and the right temperature that it's cooked at. Mm -hmm. uh, my father's family's from outside of Naples. So my dad's oh, Italian immigrant from outside of Naples. So pizza is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, man. All right. So being from Boston, right? You know, we're not being from Boston, but being in Boston right now, because that's where you're at yeah. now. Um, so I think, is it clam chowder is a big thing there? Clam or chowder is a big thing. Okay. <laughs> clam chowder. <laughs> also underrated. Underrated? Now, <laughs> yeah. If it's New England clam chowder, yeah. I mean, uh -huh. clam chowder everywhere else in the world, overrated. But New England clam chowder is <laughs> a whole other experience. Seems like we have a biased response there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Ice cream. Overrated. Overrated? Okay, okay. Overrated. Overrated. <laughs> I, you know, as an engineer, I tend to be a little bitter. I'm um, not a big fan of sweets. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sugar rise goes down. It actually hurts us after a while. <laughs> you know, we want to stay up late. We want to lose sleep. We want to be the ones that get two or three hours of sleep and say we killed killed the world and, and did great things. And sugar is not not our not our friend sometimes, you know. So <laughs> it's our temporary friend, right? Yeah. All right. So programming languages. Which one? Just oh. in general? Yeah, just in general. <laughs> learning a programming language. Oh, wildly underrated skill. Everybody should. Everybody, right? It forces you to think about problem solving in a whole other way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when you get really good at it, it feels like you're talking. Um, yeah, <laughs> or typing like when I when I type type into a computer, it feels like I'm writing like a dissertation or something. But it's yeah. it, it forces you to think about and solve problems in an entirely different different way. So I think I think it's a wildly underrated skill that I encourage everybody to give a shot, uh, trying just just once or twice. It'll force you to think about uh, all the challenges in your life differently. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. I, well, I agree completely. You know, I think. Um, Programming languages have taught me so much, like life skills, right? You know, being able to think outside the box and being able to uh, fight through like adversity, right? Being able to, you know, when times get hard, right? You know, I'm able to, I mean, times, they're going to get hard with programming languages, right? When you're going through something, you're like, oh, what the heck is wrong? And it's something as small as some syntax error that you just screwed up on and it lasted for a couple of days or something. And, you know, but you're, you're able to learn those lessons if you keep fighting through. You know, it, you'll actually learn so many different life lessons through programming. Uh, and I always say the same thing you just said. You need to everybody needs to know a language. Right. I think everybody needs to at least attempt to uh, learn a programming language. You don't have to be a computer scientist. You don't have to be a data scientist. You don't have to be a programmer. Right. You could you could uh, you know be a mechanic, whatever it is, you know, but uh, it's all about. I mean, automating some of the things that are manual tasks that are annoying you, you know, you can do that at your house, right? You know, but it forces you to think differently, you know, throughout your life once you get in there. So I completely agree with that. All right. The printer. Oh, that's the most overrated thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a printer. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't have a printer. <laughs> I don't even know where I would go about getting a printer. I would probably just drive to Staples and be like, can you help me? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, man. I agree. You know, I, I think I had a um a buddy of mine, his name was Dr. Benjamin Harvey, 
and he's in, he's a data scientist, you know, but uh, yeah, you might be able to tell gener generational differences. You know, I don't, I can, I can remember sort of the age gap, but, but he's like, no, a printer is definitely underrated, right? He believed the printer was underrated. I said it's overrated. Uh, I said, look, you know, people tell me to print something out and sign. I'm like, look, I just converted the PDF. I just signed the sig, just do the e signature. You know, I never used the printer, right? I got it, and and uh, and they start to be annoying, right? It's to the point where I'm thinking, are they? Do they even make them like they used to? You know, because as if I use them, you know, I I have problems with a printer. I feel silly as if I can't even use a printer sometimes, because I feel like I blame it on the the people behind the printer, the people who built it. I felt like they don't put enough effort in there like they used to do. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor people, they're they're slaving away trying to make the best printer possible, and everyone's like, "What is this thing? Like, what are you doing here?" <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, so all right, okay, so again. Being from, well, being in the Boston area, uh, I don't know if you watch sports at all, mm -hmm. right? But the New England Patriots football team. <laughs> Underrated. Underrated? Underrated. Oh, Under Under <laughs> it's just factual. It's the greatest sports dynasty we've ever seen in the most difficult sport to build any kind of long-term success. Like, no mm -hmm. one's ever done it before like I, I you can't can't call something like that like a once in a yeah. world existence of football they're the only ones no one's ever had success like that 20 year span so i don't know how you could call it underrated <laughs> i don't i i definitely agree you know it's it's, it's an amazing road that they've taken you know and, and journey they they've taken and um you know even without right brady right now you know i think that the just that error they had that 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 it's just it's unthinkable you know i think that they're that team that they built over the years you know will be talked about as a legacy that'll be talked about forever you could never diminish like Billichek, right or you can never diminish brady or you can never diminish the people that have played on those teams throughout the years even if they split right it doesn't matter they have a legacy they built that nobody can touch right yeah. <laughs> so it's in it's definitely exciting and interesting times to see Really, what what happens and what what you know what it turns into over the next you know three to five years with Belichick yeah. without Brady? Yeah, um, I will retire. It's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Belichick's ever going to retire. <laughs> you know. So, uh, all right, okay. The last thing I think I I mentioned printer and stuff. Actually, that was it, man. That was it. I thought I, I thought I, I thought I had something. Oh, wait a minute, video games. That, that's what it was. Video <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this one, but those are overrated. I'm not a big video we were, Yeah, we I know. Brothers in like the coding world in the game. Uh, that's what we do, man. You never. Know I know. <laughs> no one's gonna believe me that I'm a I'm an engineer now. Like I've lost all credibility. <laughs> you I know, get it. Uh, your engineer <laughs> card. You know, we're cutting this know, podcast right now. I know, I'm just not a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool though because sometimes it actually takes up too much time, right? I don't. I used to be. I don't do it anymore. I haven't done it in years. My son, he'll play games. My oldest, he'll he'll play video games, right? He plays all the different systems and all that stuff. And I'm just like, I got stuff to do, right? I got to write code, or I have to, you know, uh, work with my business, or I have to do work, or something like that. Life kind of gets in the way of all that stuff, and uh, you know. Uh, maybe I forget how to be a kid again. Maybe that's the kid, kid in me that moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I for a lot when I was a kid, I really loved video games, mm -hmm. and then I just, I don't know, I just kind of stopped. I got busy, and then it just, and I just, it's been, I couldn't count how many years, decade plus at least since I played a video game. It's just not, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll get back into it one of these days. It's just. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a part of my life, the, especially tiki. these days. Like I, yeah, after tiki, these days building tiki. Like you were joking about me not going outside. I don't go. I have yeah. been outside, <laughs> right? Like I, like yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Everything gets to you. Got to do. You got to get delivery groceries delivered to you. You got to do that. You know, you can't. You just oh yeah. Outside, <laughs> anything. Everything is on hot. hold. When, yeah, when you're building something <laughs> from scratch, everything else just goes on hold. Uh, I, so I look forward to, I look forward to it, you know, 
being a success and or a failure, but it being on the other side, one way or the other, and me being yeah. able to, you know, get back to life. But until then, it's quite a ride. It's going, it's been a rocket ship of growth and it's, it's quite the ride. So, yeah. Oh, no. Well, well, thank you. We'll go ahead and end the overrated, underrated. Um, you know, you've been a great guest and uh, man, it's definitely, we're going to claim it's going to be a success all the way. Uh, if you ever need anything from me, you know, just, just ping me on it. And, uh, you know, thank you again. Uh, where can they find the app again? At it, yeah. Go sign up at mytiki.com. Just put oh. your email address in. We'll send you some information on how you get started. But uh, we look forward to you all joining us. And where can they um, reach you at? Is it LinkedIn or anything like that? Yeah, you could find me at LinkedIn. You can find me on the internet under like Tiki Mike or Mike Audi. Yeah, I'm, I'm easy to find, right? Like you can find me. There's not a lot of Audis in the world, right? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. like, I'm the only Mike Audi. You can go go on Tiki and find find our social. You can hit me up. Yeah. Join our Discord. People DM me all day long asking me questions about data. So you want to get on Discord and hit me up? Like I'm on Discord. Uh, that's the way to find me. <laughs> all right. Well. Well, thanks again. You know, it's been a pleasure. And um, as always, audience, you can find me on any one of the social media platforms at uh, Mr. Dapper Data. That's uh, at um, the at percent sign and <laughs> Mr. M-R-D-A-P-P-E-R-D-A-T-A -P -P -E on any one of the social media platforms. Also, I have a book that just came out. So definitely purchase the book. It's an ebook um, at www.mrdapperdata.com forward slash dapper book. That's D-A-P-P-E-R book, B-O-O-K. And uh, that just talks about um, beginner's guide to being able to increase profits, revenue, and all that good stuff, which is social media data analytics. So for the beginner, right, you know, I've been able to do something like that. I have a course coming out soon, a couple of conferences I'm speaking at. So definitely follow me on that. And, uh, you know, again, thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast. This is your host, Dapper Data, as usual. And until next time, you know, thanks again, Mike. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion with your host, Dapper Data.